It is good to be back. Uh, welcome to Pastamania, your wrestling time capsule. Uh, back by popular demand. Uh, the demand was for us to stay away, but uh, things are up to interpretation. I am always as your host, Adam, uh, joined by noobs. Oh, hello there. And Jesse. Yeah. Finally! All right, never mind. Never mind. Stop recording. Cancel it. Cancel it. Listen. Back out. Back out. I only need one, Chief. I only need one. Delete the RSS feed. Just nuke it from orbit. You know. Uh, We are. We are. We are rounding. We're rounding third uh, on our edge arc. After this, we have two episodes. We're getting there. Yeah, we got SummerSlam and. Vengeance? And unforgiven, unforgiven. This is unforgiven. This is ve- listen. Bro, this is vengeance. What did you watch? <laughs> listen, that era of WWE, every pay per view is such is a not generic good. name. I I thought it's a very angry name. For it's a, a while, it's a, I thought this was Armageddon. Gotta get back like, at you. I watched the right show, but mm-hmm. I if you, during the show you could have put a gun to my head and I would have been like, I don't know, backlash. <laughs> I mean, we 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 rag on like today's pay per views, like the random ones, like Great Balls of Fire and Stop stuff like that. But ground. at least they got a fucking. They, at yeah. least they have something unique to them. Yeah, there's a little bit of personality to Great Balls of Fire. It's not a great personality, but it's there. It's not vengeance. It's not just like a pay per view just called. God, I mm. feel like that's what Vince told everybody when they asked him why could, yes. why it was Great Balls of Fire. Now it's, it's got personality. It's so not a good weird. one. But it's there. <laughs> just, just waiting. Just oh, Jerry Lewis is dead. Finally, his lawyers won't come after me. I love this song. Yeah, no, like I can't believe he's just getting one a year now of pay per views to name after old songs he likes. Because so that one. one and then stopping ground, stomping grounds played uh, these boots like three different oh, promo yeah. packages. It was horrendous. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. named like after three that. separate packages. Not even like the same one played in the yeah. same night three times. No, it was three completely different fucking. Also, it was horrible. Um, and then you have like other ones. It's just like it's an okay name that's clunky, like Roadblock colon end of the line. And how it's can't ju- it's like a tribe call quest. You gotta say the whole roadblock two roadblock. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of songs, who? What was that like rip off Guns N' Roses song that was the official theme of Extreme Rules? I I because I thought oh, it was God. like a song from Appetite for Destruction, but it was like a new song. Oh God, I don't remember what it was called, yeah. but it was. Something, man. I don't yeah. 
Why not? I'm it was like gone? by Jinko Jones or something. It's Jinko, what? No, it's called When I'm Gone. When I'm Gone by, by Birdie Honey. Never heard of him. It, yeah, one hundred percent sounds like Axel though. Yeah, right. I, like it is very much. Yeah. <clears throat> I missed that. I don't know how. I yeah. It was like, God, it was like, because sometimes like with the official theme songs, they'll play them like once at the beginning. They signed some deal with this band because they played it every single time they were like cutting to the announcers to talk about the next match. That song was playing. It mm. was a lot. Uh, but we are here for, for vengeance. Of... Yes. Go, uh, go ahead. I was just about to make a mention of the theme song for this pay per view. Oh yeah, what yeah. is the theme song for this pay per view? I don't remember. Eight, I've already seen it. Visions. Victim by Eighteen Visions. I love that song. I grew up I on that song. I saw them open for fucking Coed and Cambria and Avenged Sevenfold back in two thousand five, right when City of Evil and that Backcountry song from Avenged hit. Such a good the song. Airwaves. Oh, it was yep. such a good show too. It was just like, who the fuck are these? punk asses oh shit they're dope <laughs> yeah they were hot for about three years and now uh, nobody knows who they are again much yeah. like the much but i like really the, like that song much like the pay-per-view title vengeance you could put a gun to my head and i could not pick this song out of a lineup yeah <laughs> that's fair uh, though to be fair i probably wasn't paying much attention uh we're doing vengeance 06 it's june 25th 2006 uh just two weeks after one night stand i believe uh yeah uh, the number one song was Hips Don't Lie by Shakira featuring Wyclef. Uh, a good song. Solid song. Remember Shakira? That kind of went oh, away. Yeah. She, she did a song called I, Zootopia that I was rem- cool. Yeah, she was the, the gazelle in Zootopia. The reason I, the reason why I remember it is because uh, Alan Omar, one of the congresswomen yes. for, Minnesota. for Minnesota, she tweeted out something where it was like, just got a D. Just got a message saying you better not bring Shakira Law into this country. And then she goes, <laughs> "Sorry, can't help it." And then it's a GIF of Sh- oh, Shakira dancing. It I was, love her. She's she amazing. Was amazing. She is a gift that, that we that don't girl deserve. Is the hardest fighting motherfucker in Congress uh, you're right lucky now. She you just get goes to, for it. You're lucky you get to be her constituent news. I'm jealous. Yeah. Technically, uh, it's a different district. Greg's Greg and uh, Retta have her. Okay. As her rep, but yeah. No, uh, it's, it's move, fucking noobs. great. Yes. <laughs> Shakira Law. Shakira Law. Sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> sounds about redneck. Uh, the, uh, the number one movie in the country is the same one that was number one two weeks prior uh, at One Night Stand. Click. I didn't realize that movie was number one for that long. Why do you think it made? they made two of them? What? Click? Or no, I thought. Oh God, I I thought Crank for a second. Oh Jesus God, no! Christ. Listen, Crank didn't make any money, and they still made a sequel that made even less money. And both of those movies are amazing. Yeah, no, Click, yeah. Click, man, yes. that movie. Yeah, like, your heartstrings. We were just talking about fucking. We were uh, Adam um, Sandler. Adam Sandler is way overpaid. How much money did Click make? It made a hundred and thirty-seven domestic in 06, That was a lot. Like that's kind of that's part a of the lot. course. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of part of the course now mm-hmm. for a lot of blockbusters. But back then, that was for for a movie like that. Jesus, Do they have the. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Do they have the budget? Yeah, eighty with an eighty-two million dollar budget though. It's kind of like a high concept comedy. But come on, that's too much for that movie in '86. Uh, a Christopher Walken because, movie, man. Yeah, because yeah, we, as we, we just talked we know, about, he was we, still. 
We didn't talk about this on air, Jesse. It's not as entertaining as you think it is. TV and video games, I I do those by month. Fuck off. Uh, I do those by month, and we've already gone over June in the last episode. Uh, Boom. So it's Vengeance 06 at the Charlotte Bobcats Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, 320,000 pay-per-view buys at home. In front of 6,800 fans, and I don't understand why, because... The Char- I looked up the Charlotte Bobcats Arena when it's put together for wrestling can seat twenty thousand people. So and what there the are fuck? Sixty eight hundred people at this show. Like because it's, it's the dark age. I of... suppose like it doesn't look like it. Like they do a good job of of blocking stuff off and shooting around it, so it looks like a yeah. full arena. But yeah, like the Charlotte Bobcats Arena is a pretty big arena. Uh, that's and odd. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. What's it now? It's called... It's the Spectrum Arena now. Uh, but yeah. It's like only 6,800 people. Oh. Uh, this so yeah, was... We, yeah? Well, this was like the second worst year for WWE of the 2000s, I think. Uh, I, I Listen, I believe I think you. it was... Yeah. Makes I think 06, 07 are their worst uh, production years. Yeah, like I could see that just yeah, for like, drawing houses and stuff like that. Yet yeah. they have one of the biggest stacked rosters, yeah. like one of the most talented rosters ever. Yeah. Well, um, they do now, not in 06. I don't know. They had a pretty good roster in 06. was pretty good. There like, were some matches on this card that yeah. surprised me that I forgot yeah. how good these guys could go. That's the thing. Like, oh, like when you think about right, like, but oh, like when, you, when you think about like 02, it's like obviously they had a stacked roster. But this one, you're thinking yeah. like, I mean, oh yeah, I forgot that Carlito's a really good worker. Right. Well, this is like in the middle of Carlito's career. Johnny Nitro just came back. Umaga is yeah. new. Ric Flair and Mick Foley are over the hill. Yeah. Um, technically. And you have Imposter Kane. Yeah. No, I wouldn't call this a stacked card. Well, we didn't say You're... it was a stacked card. We said that well, they have a well, good roster. Yeah, but the card mirrors the roster, I'd say. Well, especially the... at this point when they I mean, it mirrors are... the Raw roster. Okay, yeah. you bring, okay, you bring up... Roster. But here's yes. the thing, though, Jesse. We can argue back and forth about that because you just brought up three negatives. Now you from you missed RVD, you missed yeah. you missed Sabu, and all the ECW miss. guys that came back. Yet. Yeah, like, like John Michaels is yeah. just about to hit the fucking like, like fifth year in his career. I think if you're looking at the 2000s as a whole of the WWE rosters, this is one of the weaker rosters. But outside of a vacuum, but in a vacuum, it's still a pretty good roster. Like that's the thing. It's like it's it's weak compared to like O two, but it's still a lot of talented people on the card and the Spirit Squad. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> uh, and so yeah. Speaking of, we got a video package going over the big matches on the show. Uh, With Cena dictionary Sabu. readings. Yes. Very nice. Cena versus Sabu in an extreme lumberjack match. DX versus the Spirit Squad, and I, I guess there's a WWE Championship match in there somewhere. They, I don't know. They, I think I, they might have. They shown like one shot of RVD. Eh, don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. He's gonna be high next week anyway. Hell yeah! And that was in Mississippi, wasn't it? It was somewhere in the South. I, I think area, in he Bible got Belt over, area. Like, I want to say it was Alabama. Like, yeah, it was either Mississippi. It was it was on the Gulf Coast. Birmingham, right? I thought it was on the Gulf Coast. No, Jack Swagger is the one who got popped with weed in Biloxi. That was yeah. Jack Swagger before WrestleMania 29, and he kept his world title match there. Um, 
That's... Uh, at least the times changed, I guess. Yep. Uh, now I'm curious. Uh, 2006. I'm Huntington, at... West Virginia. That's driving it. from. It oh, okay. Yep. The yep. car was pulled over. A car near Hanging Rock, Ohio. Yep. So it was in Ohio, but they were leaving West Virginia, heading yeah. to PA. They uh, they got popped by Griffin McElroy's dad or something. Uh, but yeah, so like the video package, it's like a standard video package, but boy, it's a bummer that they just like they literally the only Im- like implication that there is a WWE championship match on the show is one shot of RVD and one shot of Edge. That's it. Yep. They're yep, in the because, middle of the card, too. Yep, because Triple H's third yep. uh, midlife crisis was yeah. kicking in. and Yeah. Ugh. Um, but uh, out first, though, to really get things going. Just like the last pay-per-view. Yes. This is such a good thing. Let's oh, just play is. this song for the next one. My hands just started going up. I don't know why. My arms so, are posing. Like, I'm posing. <laughs> I, I understand. I think it's it was the right decision to change Orton's theme from this. Because this is a theme that is for a character who is young and cocky and entitled and hungry. And that kind of stopped applying after Orton got like his 10th world title or whatever. But like this fits so well with like the young baby like 2006 Randy Orton. It's so good. Like coming off of the Legend Killer. Ugh. And uh, then he got, you know, the voices in his head. Speaking of worse future themes, Orton is wrestling Kurt Angle with his terrible, we don't want the crowd chanting, you suck at the top ECW babyface Kurt Angle theme. Even though the crowd was still chanting, you suck, and Lawler even it referenced beautiful. it. Yep. God, I... Uh, this is the worst time for Lawler, isn't it? It's not great. Like, like all these... It's just... I don't yeah. get it. He doesn't really, really add much. He doesn't really like, add he's much stuck, commentary. He's, he's stuck in the 90s puppies era. Yep. yep. And they're making fun of, it, fun of him for it constantly. Yep. Yet, he doesn't do anything about the match. Yep. Like, I counted. He ch- said... It, um, what what was the phrase that he was fucking using? Extremely crappy wrestling. Extremely he used that crappy phrase wrestling. Eight times. Yep. Um, eight times. Yeah, and like the, he had so like every other like I, I have a note of it where he like talks about like oh ECW fans are probably watching from their jail cells and that's funny in a vacuum, but then like over the course of the show when he's made his fifth ECW wrestlers and fans and referees are all ex-convicts joke, it's not funny anymore. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, okay, what's the vendetta here? You get yeah. the history a well, little bit. That's but... the thing. It's uh, He's playing off of the history of Lawler and ECW, which was a great angle in the in like 96, uh, where he like showed up, like he wrestled at an ECW pay-per-view. Um and there's a bit of co- character continuity there, which I think is uh, is something, but it's not there any like it doesn't. We don't care. We don't care that you had yeah. a feud with ECW 10, 15 years ago. You're just saying the same things over and over again, and they're not relevant. Uh, just like but, you. 
That's fair. Uh, like Lawler. Oh, like I'm, Lawler, not you, you. Like I Lawler. mean, listen, where's the lie, though? Uh, a slow start to the match uh, with Angle focusing on, uh, like, amateur wrestling. Um, as much as the ECW Kurt Angle wasn't the best experiment, this version of Kurt Angle, the mat-based, vicious, amateur wrestling-ass kicker was the best version of Kurt Angle. Like, he Yeah, was we didn't so get it good. long enough. Yeah, because it was like... We didn't get he, long enough because he pilled too many pills. Yep, no, because he, he went to TNA. Yeah, and he left and then yeah, he went to TNA. Yeah, because he was because, popping yeah, too many pills, Jesse. Pills. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like he popped too many <laughs> The only pills. reason why he went to TNA was because TNA didn't care. They're just like, yeah. oh, look, Kurt. God, that whole story is so wild. I thought he left. I thought he left because he didn't like how WWE was treating him. I didn't no. think he started doing... No, like, the drugs as had, hard until he got to TNA. No, he was oh. WWE told him go to rehab or go home, and he was like, "Listen, just like," and he basically said, "Listen, give me my release. I'll go get cleaned up, and I'll come back later. I'll come back in a little while." And WWE was like, "Okay, here's your release. Go get cleaned it up." Been three weeks later, and then he showed up in TNA. Oh, yeah, okay. it was yeah, it was bad. It was it was a bad look for everyone involved except for the WWE. Do you know how much you have to fuck up for the WWE to be the ones that don't have the bad look? Yeah, it's pretty uh, bad. Because, yeah, like, they basically told him, like, Kurt, you are a mess. You have to go get help. And he basically conned them into giving him his release under the promise that he would get help and come back and went straight to TNA. Um, there's a, on the WWE Network, they did a little documentary about kind of the return of Kurt Angle before Mania uh, in in Orlando. And uh, they talk about, they actually have Dixie Carter on that uh, documentary, which was wild, seeing Dixie yeah. Carter on a WWE Network thing. Uh, that kind of goes into mm -hmm. that, and it's it's really good. Um, Weird spot as Angle tries to German suplex Orton off of the ring apron, and Orton holds onto the ropes while Angle like just hangs off of his ass for like a while. I had I had it in my notes. It's like this ain't the fucking rumble. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, it's like it, it would be one thing if it was like okay, like oh you failed. Orton's gonna pull himself back up and we're gonna move on. But there was a lot of angle just ah, ah. Uh, and then uh, Orton manages to pull himself back up and and take out Angle. Uh, Angle gets Orton back in the ring and we get a really good line from Jr. Which is Orton has spent more time on the canvas than Rembrandt. That is pretty good line if I, it's pretty <laughs> funny uh orton takes over shifting the match from amateur wrestling spots to so like uh, yeah like orton uh like angle was amateur wrestling and then orton takes over and we move into sports entertainment with like drop kicks and and chunking out of the outside and headlocks and stuff like that um angle gets out of the headlock and he hits him with a samoa drop but orton cuts it off and Orton locks in a headlock again, and the crowd starts to kind of chant for Angle. And like, I don't mind, like, because like Randy Orton and his headlocks name a more iconic combination. Uh, because like <laughs> he's a heel, and they slow the match down, and they get him heat. But like, there was like a quarter to a third of this match that was headlock, and that is too much. That is way too much. Uh, Angle finally gets comeback, but Orton counters the Angle slam. Um, Orton gets sent to the turnbuckle, like, removes the turn, loosens the turnbuckle pad, and then Angle hits him with, like, seven chained German suplexes. It was incredible. Yeah. Like, 
that shouldn't work that way. It's ridiculous. Uh, Orton gets to the corner, removes the turnbuckle pad, and then Angle hits him with an angle slam, even though JR was calling it a suplex. JR was like, oh, Angle, you know, he's going suplex crazy tonight. Like, that is obviously his signature move, Mr. Ross. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Ross. Yeah, yeah. Kurt pulls the straps down and locks in the ankle lock as Orton crawls around the ring, edging towards the ropes. Orton rolls out of the hold, sends Angle into the exposed turnbuckle, hits the RKO, and gets the pin in 12 minutes and 50 seconds. Um, I think this was a little better than their ECW match, uh, just because I think Orton, as a performer, was more comfortable. Uh, and Orton can be pretty temperamental if he's like kind of in a you know if he's not feeling it. Poor uh, baby Orton. What'd you think, Jesse? That <laughs> yeah, was fine. Um, I think it was a complete opposite storytelling of their match from ECW. Clearly yeah. on purpose. It was oh, yeah. to get Orton's heat back. It's It was a raw pay-per-view and stuff. And they just treated them separately. Because I'm sure they had plans for Kurt to do a bunch of ECW stuff after this. And it you know just didn't yeah. happen. Uh, this was all about Orton getting, getting his... Uh, his licks in and getting his fix out of it to go on to his next thing. Yeah, which... because like they mentioned that he had lost like so he had lost like three matches in a row to Angle at this point. Yep, he kind of had to. And do also, something. and also, it's definitely the build to Orton versus Hogan. Yeah, I looked ahead because I didn't know much yeah, about baby. SummerSlam 2006, yeah, baby. and I saw Randy Orton versus Hulk Hogan and got very confused. Because <laughs> the legend killer gimmick still kind of around, kind of not, yeah. kind of around. Um, he he would back and forth it a lot. Because when he gets with Edge and they do um, rated RKO, that's fine. But then he goes back to the legend killer yeah. thing during that, and that's when you get. I think I want to say the t- 2007 WrestleMania is where Piper and Flair win the tag titles off of them. Because it's the Legend Killer thing where they're just yeah. fucking with the old guys. I think that would have been them, WrestleMania but... 23, I believe. No, that's the WrestleMania. No, that'll be WrestleMania 24. Or 20. Yeah. That's 26. I'm sorry. That's the one where it's John Cena and, and HBK in the main event. Right. That should be it. I think. I don't fucking know. I'm looking it up right now. You can keep going, though. Uh, it is WrestleMania it 23. It's WrestleMania okay. 23. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, uh... Battle of the Billionaires, kill me. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, like, yeah, I'm well, like sure it was... Orton, Orton isn't on this show. Oh, okay. Never mind. Oh, it was already Carlito and Ric Flair by then. Yeah. That's oh, weird. no, he is. I'm sorry. He was in the Money in the Bank match. Okay. Uh, and then... Well, never mind what I was saying. And yeah, it was... He, he and Edge were both in the Money in the Bank match. That was the one where Mr. Kennedy won. Uh... Oh, yeah. The World <laughs> Tag... The World Tag Titles aren't even on this nope, list. Nope, Carlito and Ric Flair are on the pre-show. Right, right, or, right. Or not even the pre-show, it was a dark match. Yeah. Uh, against before Chavo they did pre-shows. Gregory Helms. Well, it's the weird thing is it's not before they did pre-shows, because that's what Sunday Night Heat was, but I guess MTV didn't oh, really bring sure. back Sunday Night Heat, so they still had the mm-hmm. dark matches, but they just weren't aired anywhere. It was like um, WrestleMania 27? Where it was Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan on the pre-show for the uh, U.S. title that, that just was a, didn't get aired. Oh, the U.S. title. I was fixing to yeah. say the world title was a pre-show match. No, Never that mind. was, yeah, but like, because the, the U.S. title, that was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 
the first of the two uh, Daniel Bryan, Sheamus, WrestleMania matches. We really need to finish that trilogy one of these days. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you think no, of the match, Snoops? I thought, I thought it was great. The RKO is over as shit at oh, this time. Yeah. It's oh, unreal. Yeah. There is a guy at, if you're looking at the time stop on, um, uh, on the network, at 18 minutes and 50 seconds, right after Orton wins, there's a grown man adult child that is just way too excited, and he yeah. like almost hulks out of his own shirt. It's very interesting, and just like, uh, one of those, like, if I was sitting next to this gentleman, I'd be like, yes, 911, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's an issue here. <laughs> like, oh, crap. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, that is... But- Speaking of weird things, though, this next uh, segment. Uh, so we cut to the back to see Vince on the phone. Boy. So we're going from Vince fighting God and turning water into wine to him having a phone call about the Spirit Squad versus Degeneration X. This has really been a banner year for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, a child in the wheelchair enters the room with Vince. Uh, and he says, oh, hey, buddy, what's up? Then he grabs the wheelchair and yanks it towards him threateningly in one of the hardest swerves I've ever seen this side of Vince Russo. Well, he's uh, wearing a he's wearing a DX he's shirt. Wearing a DX shirt. You should have seen it coming, honestly. Yes, and he was just like, oh, you're here for DX. Where's the, where's the chicken? And he opens the door. Where's the chicken? Pushes the kid through the door. We hear, ah, crash. Uh, oh, my God. Coach enters. Saying that DX has been outside his office and he told something about a penis pump. And Coach says that he invited a close family friend to the building and that Vince was his hero. Surprise! It was the kid in the wheelchair. Uh, I promise, this segment was better than it sounds on paper. It was pretty good. It was just like, I'm just like, this this is an aging role. This is an aging role. Oh, yeah. This this is actually pretty good. It was when the coach comment came in. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I found him that way. God, yeah. Uh, what, uh, out next is Umaga, still inexplicably with Armando Estrada. He is for a while. Uh, Armando talks about how their opponent, Eugene, has brought <clears throat> in some backup. Ugh. Uh, JR describes oh, Eugene as a bunch of right turns in a NASCAR race. God, that damn. was pretty good, actually. It's pretty funny. I actually, I actually thought pretty Armando handled it pretty well by just calling Eugene a special little boy. Yes, it could have been, been a way worse. lot worse. Yes. <laughs> also, I don't bitch too much about camera and stuff, but Armando has about 47 different, like, facial and hand gestures that facial expressions and hand gestures he does and yeah. kevin dunn caught about three of them yeah because he kept zooming in on umaga yep. while amando was talking i was like god you, fucking damn it cover both sh- of them why did vince is back why are you shooting the mexican i don't think he's just shoot umaga the big one the big mexican uh-huh so you know this is not the first time we've seen uh eugene Nick Dinsmore is, you know, by all accounts, a wonderful dude. Hey, what's his theme song? I was about to like, say. Like, what's it sound you, like? It's, it's, I don't it's, know, it's, but it's I know really it. good. It's like a 90s thing. Dun, I, yeah. Dun, dun, I was about to say, dun, dun, dun. I don't know. Like, I really like Eugene's theme. I it think makes me think of, like, Duran Duran or something. Like, 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 it, like the, like, um, it might be Eye of the Tiger, but, like, slow like stripped down and stuff because maybe it's yeah. Yeah, like it's all piano and it's very like really 
you can do it kind you, of thing. I was about it's to say uh, it's very you can do it. Yeah, um, it's very like come Saturday, on, lady, move those, those hips. It's it's know. very um after school special. Yes, uh, and so is Eugene. Uh, so he comes out. <laughs> um, Got wow! And he introduces that was really good, though. he introduces his backup, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who is kind of the proto Eugene if you think about it. <laughs> That's my son right there. He's really yeah. good. Uh, I mean, they have a tag team for a really, really long time. Of course they do. Then Doink the Cloud, uh, Doink the Clown, portrayed here, uh, not by Matt Bourne, by Chris the original Jericho. Doink. <laughs> Uh, he is portrayed <laughs> by Steve Lombardi, a.k.a. the Brooklyn Brawler. And finally, his last bit of backup is Kamala the Ugandan <laughs> Giant. Hey, guys. How have we watched three separate shows in which Kamala the Ugandan Giant is featured? We right? saw him it makes in, no TNA, sense. in TNA, TNA for, the wedding. for the wedding, WrestleMania X7, <laughs> and this. We've seen like, three that's... Kamala shows. So what you're saying is we should honorarily put him into our boy stable, yes. right? God. <laughs> I he's good enough to be a boy. <laughs> he warded off Umaga, fucker. Damn. Um, I, what are we gonna say, it, noobs? Yeah. I just It's kinda like the like the Christian thing where we had that streak where it was like every yeah. pay-per-view yeah. we had Christian up until like yep. a certain point. And it's like that's a good point. Damn it. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Like, oh no, it was like a 20 episode streak yeah. where there was a Christian it match. It was a long time until we got to a match where there was a Christian. I think it was like Hell in a Cell 2013 or 20, uh, yeah, 2013 was the first one without a Christian match. God, and uh, we're, we're sad because of it. I love him. Uh, the match starts with the crowd chanting USA for Hacksaw. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Umaga gets slightly distracted by Doink, but he quickly just starts to lay in the offense. Uh, Eugene gets a couple shots that Umaga, uh, that Umaga sells for like a fraction of a second and then goes back to whooping his ass. Um, Estrada holds his cigar in the air and instructs Rusev to crush... I mean, Umaga to use his Samoan Spike finisher. There it is. Uh, and Umaga wins the match in 126. Duggan gets in the ring and charges Umaga, but Umaga takes him out with the clothesline. Then Umaga shrugs off an attack from Doink. Umaga and Kamala stare each other down across the ring. Really, really, the ghost of wrestling's racist past versus the ghost of wrestling's racist present. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I thought we weren't talking about Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> He's uh, the ghost of wrestle, uh, wrestling's racist eternity. Yes. Um, uh, Estrada but... tells Umaga not to attack Kamala, getting a pretty decent amount of heel heat. Uh, what do you What do you got to say, all, Jesse? All this in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, too. You're talking yep. about. Restless wrestling, restless wrestling. Fuck, yeah, that uh, wrestling, like racist wrestling. Anyway, okay. Uh, <laughs> I had to get it right. Yeah, you <laughs> fucking Cinderella slapped her dripper. Uh, uh, <laughs> it, anything else to add, noobs, to this? Not this is pretty, really. Yeah, like this is pretty. Like again, it's, we saw it the last. Or I assume ago. Kamala can't take a bump, and that's why oh, nothing happened. Yeah. Well, I no, so. I don't think so because he. Took I, mean, a bump I thought and, he had like a bag leg or something. Oh, he doesn't have any legs anymore. But oh, that's um, mixing things up. But gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, like honestly, I think it was it was getting heel heat onto Armando by having him. T- by like, having them not do it by yeah. having him rob the crowd uh, another ass whooping and it did they were booing the shit out of it yeah they, yeah. Really, want, they really, really wanted clever. Kamala yeah I thought it was really clever 
Mm-hmm. Um, we go to the back to see a slightly more well-addressed, uh, well-adjusted Screech from Saved by the Bell interviewing McFoley. <laughs> a God greatly well-adjusted Bishop. Screech, thank you. Not uh, slight. Uh, Foley tells Millhouse not to interrupt his cheap pop. <laughs> there it is. There uh, it is. And, That's good. <laughs> and he reads from Flair's autobiography, which he calls a novel because it's fiction. And this is kind of relevant because this past week on JR's podcast, they talk about when this book was published and how Foley mm-hmm. was like, legitimately really hurt by the stuff that flair said in this book and they like got in a scrap backstage because foley like was his whole thing was like listen flair could have talked to me so i knew about it at least ahead of time before the book like hit store shelves because foley did that like if he wrote anything in his books that he thought could be controversial he talked to the people before they got published and he was upset that flair did not give him the same courtesy so they like got in a fight backstage nice uh he reads an excerpt talking about how uh, Rick wrote that Mick is a glorified stuntman and not a real wrestler, and how he is going to out-wrestle Flair tonight. Uh, the next match is a two-out-of-three falls match. Uh, Mick Foley is out first, followed by hometown hero Rick Flair. Uh, the crowd loudly chants that Foley sucks to start things off. Uh, I This match isn't great, but I think this match is actually a pretty good example of really solid storytelling in a match. I love the storytelling in this match. Yes, like, Foley... Like, it's like, fucking top-notch. We start off by Foley, like, like chain-wrestling Ric Flair. Like, <laughs> like, and then very quickly gets out-wrestled, and he just, like, retreats to the ropes. Like, telling the ref, like, get him off me, get him off me. Uh, and then like, Flair, like, uh, Foley gets Flair in a corner. Uh, he pulls out a Mr. Sacco. That he has uh, uh, decorated as Ric Flair. As Flair, as 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 Foley charges the Flair with Mister Sacco, Flair grabs Foley's dick. Which, yeah, he does. I guess, unlike a low blow, isn't a DQ. And then one of the funniest things, unintended, like funniest unintentional things I've ever seen in wrestling, as Flair has hold of Foley's dick, the ref starts a five count. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He hands. That was good. He switched, he hands, switched and hands, and the ref started recounting. It's the like I. That's so funny. That is, I don't I think also that was love... intentionally funny, but it's one of the funniest right. things I've ever seen in wrestling. He's just grab his dick. I also... One, two. Yeah. <laughs> I also really love that you know this whole thing is like, oh, Foley's not a wrestler. I'm gonna show Foley's not a wrestler by grabbing his dick. Yep. Yeah, like Foley. Okay, Rick, you're like, the Foley... face here somehow. Listen, I, I feel like that's because they're in North Carolina. Well, yeah, um, I, no, I know. I was yeah, but yeah, like it's it's like it's Foley can't win doing what Flair wants to do. No, yeah, sure. And Flair doesn't think he can win doing what he wants to do. Uh, sure. Flair hits Foley with a bunch of chops, comes off the top rope with an axe handle. Uh, he sells his left knee, and Foley takes over, really working over Flair's knee and attempting a figure four that Flair counters into the lowest, slowest roll up I have ever seen to get the first fall. It really was just like molasses. It's just, oh no, mm-hmm. he's rolling me up. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, I made yes. a note. I made a random note. You guys ever think that Ric Flair's ever woken up to his partner in the figure four? Just like <laughs> all of a sudden in bed, she, she's just like screaming, he's just like, ah, get me out, get me out. And he's like, what, what? Oh shit! And like he just like, woo, 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 That's that's actually like a pretty well documented medical condition called flare somnia. Uh. <laughs> oh my god! 
Figure foropathy. <laughs> uh, so the they start the next fall. Flair goes immediately for another Paul Smackage, but Foley kicks out of that one. And Foley tosses Flair to the outside, abandoning his claim that he is going to out-wrestle Flair. Just like, all right, sorry, we got to go to the outside. Because, like, you know, if you're going to out-wrestle someone, you keep it between the ropes. And then if you can't do that, that's when you start, you know, utilizing the area outside the ring. Uh, he goes out to batter Flair, but Flair comes in Irish whips, crashing Foley into the ring steps. They continue brawling to the outside. Foley gets Flair into the ring, and he goes into the ring and pulls out a garbage can. Foley gets the garbage can. Flair takes Foley down before Foley can use it. Uh, Flair gets the figure four locked in, but Foley grabs the garbage can and cracks Flair in the head with it, getting DQ'd, having Ric Flair win the match 2-0 in 7 minutes and 32 seconds. Uh, Foley gets his barbed wire baseball bat as Flair juices, bleeding all over the ring as Foley just snaps and batters Flair. Flair hit it. Flair got a deep blade job because, yeah. dear God. It did not look good. Well, that was a bad uh, one. Uh, yep. But yeah, like this match, like, you know, a seven minute, two on three falls match, come on. But I think it, the storytelling this match of Mick Foley, like, genuinely wanting to out-wrestle Flair and prove him wrong and slowly over the course of the match realizing he can't do that to the point where he snaps and beats the hell out of Ric Flair with a barbed wire baseball bat afterwards is such good storytelling. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think, Jesse? Anything else? Anything more to add? Um, I think story-wise, this was my favorite of the night. I thought it was done perfectly because it was such an abrupt mess of two old farts just not yeah. being able to handle each other. And there was just like... I don't know. I felt like a, a real connection to this story the way it was told and and just yeah. is just i don't know it just really really worked for me yeah um definitely not the best like, wrestling match but it wasn't supposed to be of course yeah um, i i think i'm inclined to agree with you there when it comes to like telling a story i think this match did it best on the card like other match mm-hmm. yeah like you said there are other matches kind of that were better for Bell. what they for what else they were doing at the time it felt oh, like yeah. this felt like some territorial shit like like this, in any other regard, twenty years before this would have been at some show, and then they would have talked it up for like an hour to the actual like televised event or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that's the style they went for, and it worked perfectly. Uh, what'd you think, Noobs? It was not a bad match. Yeah. Yeah. I I had to know it's like all right. I got five bucks that Nate blades this match. Any takers? <laughs> Man, like, he didn't blade, like, he knifed. He yeah, just, he definitely like, took the whole thing and cut like into his forehead. Just cut yeah. here. <laughs> Fucking it just, insane. Yeah. Get ready for the SummerSlam match. It's worse. <laughs> oh god. I yeah, I'm more scared. blood than this, baby. I'm yeah, ready for it. A lot. Yep, stick them pigs. Yeah, pretty much. Juicing. Just juicing. Yep. No, no, no. It's like it's the, the their SummerSlam match might be the most controlled juicy match I've ever seen. Oh God! Like because it's not oh I fucked up an artery. It's like oh yeah. I'm here and here and here and barbed wire. Let's go. It's uh, now I want to get Ric Flair pants that on the ass say controlled juicy. <laughs> I got controlled juicy. Mm. Uh, 
<laughs> uh, so yeah, from there, a fun match, great storytelling, better than it had any right to be. When you see in 2006, Ric Flair versus Mick Foley, two out of three falls match, you're immediately going to go places. And uh, it, it exceeded my very low expectations. <laughs> but yeah, like storytelling wise, you could teach a class on this. Like for, for yeah. telling a story in a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to the back to see the... Uh, Boy, we do. In 2019, <laughs> to see the, in 2019, newly pregnant Maria. Uh, and I... Alright. I want to find whoever wrote this promo for Maria and buy them a drink. Uh, I had right? to pull the, the Maria audio. spot is uh, good. I, I had to pull the audio. Spot after. Wait. I'm standing by with the man man's just a moment away from competing in a prep match for the Intercontinental Championship. Carlito! Now... You've been in the face of people who don't, don't want to be cool. cool. That's, That's right, Maria. Right, yeah. And yet, the people who want to be cool usually are the ones that aren't cool. cool. And the and ones, ones that don't want to be cool are the coolest. coolest. Therefore, Therefore, creating this cool paradox, paradox in, which in which the people that don't want to be cool are the coolest. Can you explain that for me? Yeah, Carlito, can you fucking explain it to me? It's so good. It's so good. I love cool it. It's like that is such a good playoff of the like dumb Maria angle, where yeah. it's just like you just like have this great satire turning on its head. Oh, that should kill oh. me. Carlito would have been a really good character in Fast Times Ridgemont High. Oh yeah, uh, they keep they keep getting cooler. I stay the same age. Uh, God damn it. That's days and confused, but yeah. <laughs> Same thing. We, we got Carlito I, yeah. says that Carlito is like, I don't even know what you just said. Then Tori Wilson walks up in a bikini, asks Maria to rub oil on her, and asks Carlito to hold her puppies. She hands him two of her small dogs, and we just watch Maria and Tori rub oil on each other. But with porno music, right? Like, yes. don't they start playing music? I don't there think is they do. Special music, yeah. Okay, yeah. they do. Very... Then, but there is a pretty funny music because his theme music hits, and he's just like, "No, wait, I gotta go." Ah! I did I enjoy that. That. Kind of, uh, that was amusing. That wasn't bad. I that was really funny to like have the music like yes. the wrestler not want to go out. It's like, no, no, hold yeah. on one second. It's just like that was pretty cool. I'm a sucker. The start for that. was good. The, the end was, was pretty good. nice. But boy, the, the middle, middle was really yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, and then as he was running out, uh, JR said, oilless interrupt us. <laughs> yeah. Carlito versus Ma- Johnny Nitro. It's magic. Yes. Carlito versus Johnny Nitro, accompanied by Molina versus IC champion Shelton Benjamin for the Intercontinental title. Uh, while, ca- she- while Shelton Benjamin is coming out, fucking King drops a, the goofiest mascot I've ever heard of for a school. For the Minnesota Gophers, yeah, since Benjamin's Gophers. a former yes. Golden Gopher, and I'm just like, I'm just like, it's like, don't think I didn't hear you, King. I'm just kidding. I went to Mankato. Fuck the Gophers. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. In Memphis, we got the Tigers, like every other college. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna make a prediction that at NXT Takeover Toronto, uh, here next month before SummerSlam. They are going to cut to the audience, and the hottest free agent in wrestling, John Morrison, will be sitting there. I'm making that call now, because he's a free agent. He's not signed with anybody. Oh, that's right. His his impact contract is up. He is not. I don't even know if he's taken a booking since Slammiversary uh, at the beginning of June. I think he is. I think he... I think he's the one oh he's the hottest free agent in the audience in NXT TakeOver. That's my prediction. I might be a fool, but 
you know, Johnny Man. Nitro Morrison, Impact Mundo, etc. Uh, I think could be coming back to to because like you know, look at Drew McIntyre, like John Moore, uh, John Morrison, whatever you want to call him, John Hennigan, his real name, yep. has got Hennigan and Hennigan so much better over the past few years. Uh, I think I could see him doing like a similar Drew McIntyre trajectory of going out, setting the world on fire, coming back and uh, kind of being put into a, but like, don't make him like this, like arrogant Hollywood heel. Let him be a baby face. Let him just come back and be a really athletic high spot baby face. Uh, Yeah. Don't make him what they started him with. And he, cause he was, he was at his best in his last like year and a half for sure. Yeah. When he was getting title matches and, Yep. He, he was perpetually a face because he teamed with Miz, and Miz betrayed him, so he had to be yeah. a face now. And, and then, those yeah. matches were great. Yeah, and like they wanted him to be a heel for so until like Miz turned on him, and that's that's mm-hmm. like a five year stretch of them trying to make him a heel, and like yep. he looks Didn't like work. a heel. When you look at him, you think, oh, I want to punch that dude in the face. But right. the way he wrestles and just kind of like his personality, it ain't that. Yeah, yeah, he's got the voice of like yeah. a really nice like yeah, you know, John. He's Johnny. Hey, Johnny. And you How want you him Johnny? to be, and the way he wrestles, he wrestles a babyface style. You don't want him to yes, be out there, Randy Orton headlocks. Like you want, you want to see him come off the top rope and do crazy parkour shit. Corks, yeah, yeah, it's parkour. Uh, so that's he that's was what my I'm favorite for. dude in like 2010. Yeah, I'm right really hoping he, left. he comes. Ooh, like, listen, warm. it's it's either NXT or AEW. I think. That, so, yeah, man, uh, and I'm okay with. Either. I bet he doesn't really have. Right. I wonder what kind of connections he has with the AEW crew because it definitely feels like they're only hiring people that they known for a really long time and go with. So I, it, I think like, it'll come down to. I, I I think he would be like a like a Jungle Boy or a Luchasaurus. They don't really have many connections to Cody or the Bucks, but they're good talents. Uh, I thought they had. I thought they were really close with Jungle Boy. I don't know. They might be. I mean, sure they've wrestled before, but like they sure they've wrestled with like John Morrison before too. Uh, I guess so. but yeah, like I, I just think meant recently. Like but, yeah. I, I wonder. I mean, you know, that's the. Well, yeah, I I wonder if like they want to get him because it feels like because the only person they've brought in apart from Dustin, who is kind of that level, is Sean Spears, and he ain't like yeah. he was a WWE sure. guy, but he's not huge. I feel like John, like because they, God bless them, they've been doing a good job of saying we want to take our people and build them up. Like they don't just yeah. want to regurgitate. You know, they don't want to be WCW in 1994 uh, with, you know, Vader jobbing out to Jim Duggan. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so I could see that holding them back on pulling the trigger on him. But if that's the case, then just send him to NXT. Let him have a six-month NXT run. Bring him up after Mania next year. It's off to the races. I, I really hope so. I, I like him a lot. I think he's improved so much. But even then, this match is a great example of how he's kind of always had it. Uh, mm-hmm. The match... Starts with Carlito dumping Johnny to the floor. Carlito and Shelton, like, wrestle all over the still very bloody mat. I'm glad they do mat changes nowadays where they've got, like, 50 mats all tied together. Like, that, so they can easily yank a mat out so there's a clean mat. Because I don't like watching people wrestle on bloody mats. Yeah, it's a little disgusting. Yeah, yeah, I know. There still requires blood all over that mat. For real, yeah. I've never really thought of Carlito as a mat-based wrestler. But he's doing some solid amateur wrestling with Shelton to start things off, though that might just be a testament to how good Shelton Benjamin is. Uh, 
Johnny gets back involved in the match and chunks Shelton to the outside. Uh, then Carlino dumps Johnny to the outside and attempts like a, where he's going to like a move or like he's going to like hop over the apron. He like hops over the rope and it looks like he's going to do like a moonsault off the apron. But uh, Molina pulls Johnny out of the way and Johnny takes out a confused Shelton. Then Johnny takes out Carlito uh, before he and Shelton trade some offense outside the ring. And then Carlito hits his move, hitting both guys with a senton from the top rope. At one point, I thought my computer broke, but it was just Molina screaming. So, yeah, okay, I've... real quick. um, I remember this vividly because this is when I'm 14, 15, so I still don't know all the sex stuff. One of the Raws I'm watching, and Melina is screaming like that really loudly, constantly during the match. And again, explanation. And Jerry Lawler says it's because she's a screamer. So I have to Google what a screamer is. So that uh, was her gimmick at the time. Oh. Yep, she with, did that because she's a screamer. And this was, you said you you did that in, like, when you first watched it? Yeah. Okay. Jesus, God. In, like, 06. Yeah. Because I was only, Boy. like, 14. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what a screamer was, so I had to Google what yeah. it is. It's beautiful. Yep. So, yep. So Jerry the King Lawler is why I know what a screamer is. Fuck you, Jerry. I hate you. Boy, that is. <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler is what I know is is why I know what a screamer is. Would be a really good... Epitaph. Uh, or, or, like, a really good autobiography <laughs> name of somebody whose life has just gone off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> 1966 you ruined my life yeah uh after shelton launched carlito into orbit and watched him crash onto the mat uh i found myself wondering how none of these three guys ever won a world title even like the 2011 world heavyweight championship that was just like seamus and alberto del rio for three years like why did they never like there's so much talent in this match that was never appreciated that that yep. that's a good you picked a good time period because they were all out of the company at that time. <laughs> I know, but you know what I mean. Like uh, that version of the World Heavyweight Championship that just Delton, like, like two thousand nine to like you're like, right even though. Here, like you're absolutely 06, right. Like uh, Rey Mysterio they World Title petered out on Carlito because after this, like like Carlito has already almost hit his peak, and after this, like uh, again when we see he's teaming up with Ric Flair and they have an interesting store uh, mentor storyline that he. The backcracker becomes the backstabber when he turns on uh, Ric Flair and stuff yeah. like that. But he just never catches. And they bring in his brother. That doesn't catch. So they bring in his cousin. And that doesn't catch. So he leaves. And then we get the Lost Matadors. So it's like <laughs> just this curse for the, yeah. um, for the what are they called? The Cologne family. Yeah, the Cologne. Just yeah. like not going to yeah. happen. And then, you know, Shelton's black. Yep. Sorry, buddy. I'm really sorry. And, uh, at and least, uh, at least your brother Shelton too is champion right now. Yeah. Um, and then John Morrison was really close. Like I said, have like, you have you ever heard the story about John Morrison and Molina? And one of the things that like this is rumored in you and with uh, Batista. Yep. But oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. the story mm-hmm. is that he was like John Morrison was like dating Molina. And he like stood guard outside of the locker room one time when Batista, as Batista was fucking Molina. Yep. Wait, and, the what? Yep, yep. He he yep. he really quick because this was in the early Eminem days too, like when yeah. they were still tag champs. But more, yeah, Nitro really quickly became like a beta bitch in Vince's yep. eyes for that story. If, and it, I feel if it's like, true, if it's all true, yeah, if it's true, and I feel like it's one of those things where it's like. 
that was kind of the like they had like let's say not a vanilla relationship and so it wasn't like yeah. he was getting cucked by batista as much as it was just like i don't know that's the kind of shit they were into i guess and yeah. uh yeah and he in in the and then they made it into like, an actual storyline yep. on the Yep, and then and then the eyes of people like Vince and all them. That, yeah, John Morrison is you know it's like the the Kofi Kingston and uh, uh, Chris Jericho story, where like Vince said something to Kofi like shitty to Kofi getting off a plane, and yeah. Jericho was like, "You have to go back there and confront Vince. He wants you to because Vince McMahon mm. is a crazy person." Yep, and it, it's also and that also attributes to the story that uh, McIntyre's push got canceled because Vince saw his wife yelling at him one time and he didn't do anything about it. Yep, yep. This was like like oh, this is like three MB like chosen one Drew McIntyre, right? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, it became okay. yeah. Yes. after after the yeah. whole before three MB and right after chosen one, yep. his wife just like tore him an asshole backstage and nothing came of it. So Vince was like, oh man, he can't keep his lady in place. He can't be champ. Yep. God, Vince McMahon, fucking. Yep. <sighs> uh, Johnny charges Shelton. And Shelton lifts him into a powerbomb position, but dumps him like backwards, face first onto the turnbuckle, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, Shelton goes for the pin, but Molina puts Johnny's foot on the bottom rope. Johnny attacks Carlito uh, on the top, or I'm sorry, um, Shelton, yeah, no, Johnny attacks Carlito on the top rope, but Shelton shakes the rope, crashing Johnny. Shelton hops from the map, on the map, jumps onto the top rope because he is an athletic freak. Uh... And then we get one of the coolest Tower of Doom spots I've ever seen. So, yeah. <laughs> Carlito's on the top rope. Shelton is grabbing him for a suplex. Uh, Johnny, who is, has got his top, he's got his legs on the top rope, and he is laying down with his head, like, on the map, because Johnny is a ridiculous, like, athlete, pulls himself up by his core, and wraps his arms around Shelton like a German suplex. And Shelton suplexes Carlito to the mat as Johnny suplexes so Shelton good. to the mat. Oh, so cool. JR um, had no clue what to call it. He just called it a three-man maneuver. He, he said something about a power. He's like, somebody got powerbombed. And like, I'm pretty sure they didn't, JR. Yeah. Uh, Carlito starts to run wild with some loose-looking clotheslines. He was not laying it in. Uh, he rolls up Shelton, but the pin's broken up by Johnny. Johnny and Shelton team up, but he did a double elbow from Carlito. Carlito hits Shelton with his backstabber finisher after counting a vert vertical suplex, but Johnny yoinks Carlito out of the win out of the ring and steals the pin, winning the Intercontinental title in 12 minutes and one second. Uh, yep. When I think of Intercontinental title matches like in this decade, in like the you know early 2000s, this is the type of match you think about. Three For guys sure, yep. who are underutilized, who are incredible athletes, who are going to put on the best, like one of the best pure wrestling matches of the year. Like, bingo, mm -hmm. right there. Like, oh, so good. Uh, what do you think, noobs? It was, I, yeah, just beautiful match. It's, honestly, it's not my favorite match of the night that's coming up next but like the only reason why is just the ending was kind of just out of nowhere it was very out of nowhere and it's just like ah and then marlena yeah. oh. just screaming i yes. really dislike that stick like carmella, yeah. oh, it's bad. carmella kinda has it now but she doesn't yeah. do it on the sidelines she'll do it while she's in a match and it's kind of like yeah. okay i get that it makes sense you got the pipes for it, good for you, but it's just like, ugh. Yeah, the Molina scream was, oh, I've never seen that before. Ugh. Uh, what about you, Jesse? Um, 
I think this is my favorite match on the card. I have weird feelings about the next match. Um, Interesting. But yeah, I don't. We'll get to it. We'll get uh, there. We'll get yeah, there. I thought this was perfect, and you're right. Completely mishandled, unutilized guys putting on, you know, the most pure wrestling match on the card, which in this time period too was probably why they were unappreciated because they weren't. Yep. You know, charismatic enough. Even though yeah. you know, Carlito, Carlito's interesting because he had all that talking style and stuff. But it's almost like one of those like dead on arrival gimmicks where, oh, this is a cool, fun, silly idea, but you realize it has a glass ceiling, but no one's gonna admit it does. Yeah, like you look at um, Carlito's gimmick, and it's just like, oh, that's an IC gimmick. That's an Intercontinental Champion gimmick. Yeah, that's and that's uh, it. That that's um oh we don't want the two main eventers to fight yet so we're gonna have him yep. lose in five minutes after shenanigans kind of stuff. Uh, yep. But it you know is what it is. Um, still wearing that spitter swallow t-shirt which is gonna bother me until he gets rid of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um yeah I think that's my, this is my favorite match on the card. The next match I I have feelings. I, but I it's actually more of a bias though. So we'll okay. Get I uh, I enjoyed I I, I think like. I think this match, so, like, the flare match is amazing storytelling, just top to bottom. This match is just, like, really good work rate, and I think the next match is kind of halfway between those two, of the work rate's good, but it's not as good as this, and the storytelling is good, but it's not, but it's better than this, but it's not as good as Foley and them. Uh, I don't know, like, my favorite match on the card is, is a bit of a toss-up between this one and the next one. Uh, it right. just kind of depends on my mood at the time, but, man, it's such a good match like this is like man shelton benjamin johnny nitro carlito i never thought like i don't know if i'd ever watched a carlito match before we started this and it's like i'd always just thought of him as kind of a joke and it's like oh no carlito's like a really good wrestler i don't know why did nobody tell me that carlito's a really good wrestler <laughs> because he was only there for like four years and yep Stabbed didn't John Cena. it's time to shine his his highest peaks were him either next to John Cena or fucking with Chris Masters? So yep, yep. Uh, the nega, the nega, the nega powers collide. Uh, <laughs> when we get to the back, we see the Spirit Squad yelling about how they're going to destroy DX. Uh, Vince walks up and gives them a dressing down. "Quote: No one makes a fool out of the Spirit Squad," and that is patently not true. <laughs> yeah about that then vince takes the penis did y'all see with the him. crazy weird fucking face that Dolph ziggler was making? yes yes it just looked Man. like he's trying to take like the most impressive shit but couldn't get it done uh, uh vince takes the penis pump with him into the bathroom you hear a boom and he comes out covered in green mix dx done done it again dun, 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 dun. Up next is RVD versus Edge for the WWE Championship. Uh, super standard video package for this. RVD has accomplished his dreams. Edge is a slimy heel. Uh, Edge is out first and slides in the ring and just kind of humps the mat as Lita gets in. It was weird. Uh, um, oh, he does that a lot. I know. It's always weird. Always stands <laughs> out. Edge cuts a promo of the fact that the Carolina Hurricanes won the Stanley Cup and how Canadians won it for them. In a vacuum, it's not a bad promo, but this feels way beneath Edge. Anybody else get that vibe? Like, Edge feels better than cutting a local sports team cheap heat promo. So I mean, was... no. <clears throat> so, I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay, because all right, yeah. He's talking about the Stanley Cup. Yes. 
he makes a fact that 12 out of the 25 players for the Canes yes. were Canadians. They were. And they also beat Edmonton in the finals. So he, it's, let's be honest, he yeah. actually was probably upset and he just was said probably, that. He was probably being like, listen, give me a mic. I got something to give say. Give me a fucking <laughs> mic. Yeah, he <laughs> totally did that because. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's an uh, Oilers fan. Like, I, I get it. And I'm pretty sure that's the last time a Canadian team was in the Stanley Cup Finals was 06. Yeah. So mm. that's why he was... All right. Yeah. I'll give it to you there. That's a good point. Uh, were you going to say something about it, Jesse? Um, I mean, it's going to not matter now, but... <laughs> <laughs> no. It... Um. Yeah, I felt like this whole match was beneath in a weird way. Like, he, I really? feel like he didn't perform correctly but we'll get there uh, go ahead kind of see that like yeah i think on like as a prelude i think on paper uh this, this match, match should be fire yeah this match should i feel be like fucking stone I feel cold like fire. the match i think the match that we got was like a solid 7.5 out of 10 when on paper like it has the potential of being like a 9 out of 10 yeah like, it's a 9.5 still fucking... great but not mm. like i can see a universe in which it like transcends there just um, felt like something missing the whole time. Yeah. It felt, um, you know, we haven't even gotten over it, but now we're talking about it. Do it, you want me to save it? You want me to back, uh, up, well, back up? Yeah, let me, let's go through the match go, first. Yeah, go through um, the stuff first. Explain uh, what happens first. Yeah, 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 things start slowly as the two guys kind of size each other up. Uh, great sequence is as Van Dam flips out of the corner. Edge jumps to the top rope and jumps in for a crossbody. Van Dam ducks and then, like, hits a standing bat flip onto Edge, which was awesome. Uh, they tumble to the outside as RVD takes out Edge. Uh, RVD drapes Edge on the barricade, goes for his kick from the ring apron, but Edge rolls off and RVD crashes and burns. Uh, Edge powerbombs RVD onto the barricade on the outside, and Lawler says, I don't know if I've ever seen someone powerbombed onto the bar barricade. And like, yes, you have, Jerry. Fucking yeah, come on. they commentary yeah, on this either. Weird. They were acting so yeah. weird, in my opinion. Yeah. But... Uh, the crowd is chanting something about Lita, and I'm glad I can't fully make out what they were saying, because I'm sure it was terrible. Oh, was it about Lita? Okay, thank I you. I heard Lita I something, tell... something, yeah. Okay, I couldn't, I couldn't even get that out. I was so confused um, what they were chanting. Edge is in control for a long chunk of the match, uh, just working over RVD, you know, being the heel. Um, RVD finally starts to take back over as JR and Lawler have talked about educated feet for the last two minutes. Uh, they yeah, went on a long did. time talking about educated feet, though at one point, at one point, uh, JR did say that, like, your left foot was the valedictorian and your right foot was a salutatorian. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> um, RVD takes out Edge with a kick and both men slowly get to their feet. RVD starts to run wild with clotheslines and a back body drop and a bridging suplex for a two count. But Edge takes back some momentum with a power slam, but then RVD hits a rolling thunder on Edge's back that he follows up with a split-legged moonsault for a close two count. Uh, there's a ref bump, which allows Lita to get the belt and give it to Edge, but RVD hits Edge with the Van Sarah Connor, kicking the belt into his face. The uh, face? What? The best, the best part, the best part of that, it was called the Van Beltinator. Yes, it's not the Van Terminator, it's the Van Beltinator. Okay. Okay. I was I was okay, okay. with that. I was I can't, very I was okay lost with that. for a second because yeah, I forgot I, what it was called. Yeah, I can't take okay, credit for Van okay. Sarah Connor. I've heard that somewhere else. Yeah, uh, but it's really good. That's yeah, a good, it was. That's, a, that's this, a good name. I would name yeah. my daughter Van Sarah Connor, just like the, her first name. Her full first name oh, is Van Sarah man. Connor. 
Oh, but no. during, God damn it. <laughs> during this time, during this time, there was a tremendous shout out of uh, there was a Duke sucks sign that just yes. constantly kept popping up. And yep. then there was a, t- a random TNA sign that showed up. Yeah, that's like near right. the front yeah. row. It's like, wow. OK, it was, it was it was Karen Angle holding it up. It was crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, RVD goes up to the top rope, but Lita crosses RVD on the ropes, allowing Edge to hit him with a top rope draping DDT. Uh, Edge covers RVD and gets the visual win, but the ref is still out. Very slowly comes to life and counts the pin, but RVD kicks out. Lita puts a chair in the corner, and Edge goes to spear RVD into the chair, but RVD dodges. Edge crashes headfirst into the chair, allowing RVD to hit a five-star frog splash for the win and retain the title in 1755. And so, I feel like what I just described doesn't sound like 1755 worth of match, and I think that might be the thing. Like, but I think it's that part was of Edge it. playing the heel, slowing things down. Like, like I said, this sure. is a really good match that I really enjoyed. I want Noobs to go first, because this is your favorite match on the card, Noobs. As I'm very yeah, go for excited yes. to see. Yes. It is, because it just... Yes, there was a lot of interruptions and a lot yeah. of nonsense to it. However, it just... Everything both of these two guys did together, you can tell they clicked so perfectly. such good chemistry. And it just that rolling thunder into the body slam was so yeah. good. Yeah. And then like you have this moment where Edge is crawling away from RVD, one who he was trying to go for the frog splash, and you're just like, you see RVD kind of go, "Bing!" I know what to do. Rolling yep. thunder off the top rope onto Edge, and like, yeah. there's so many moments like that. Where's like there was also this one where Edge had um Edge had RVB or RVB RVD. Or no, RVD had Edge up on the top rope, and he was trying to get him to go for a DDT, but yeah. Edge kept blocking it very smoothly, and then RVD just suplexes him to get him out of there, because he's like, well, twice isn't going to work with this, let's go yep. with something else. Like, yeah, it just, it worked so well to me. It, yes, it was for some bullshit, but it just... Yeah, like, the uh, the spots that they had, it never felt like a spot was cold, it felt very fluid. It's yeah, like, like they knew everything what the was setting was up do. everything else. Like yeah. that chair shot at the end was Oof. really cool looking. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. when you like think of it, edge. it's like, wow. Okay. Good work. God bless him. Yeah. He went all out mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, also, there was a moment when JR just turns to King and just goes, is everything in your life about sex? Yeah. <laughs> Towards Jerry. And I'm just like, that's good. That's very good. There was a point I can't remember the match. It was one of these matches. Uh, so far, we de- we definitely crossed it. But Jerry said uh, all women were animals, trying to make some weird joke about them being dogs, and I was just like, God fucking damn. Yeah, it Jerry. sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I think, yeah, I I think I just wanted more of that. I I wanted more of those spots. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think it's, and I, I don't know if that would make it a better match because you need kind of the ebbs and flows and you need the heel to slow things down. I don't want it to be a Young Bucks match where there's no psychology and no one sells anything. Um, but like, I could have done with one or two more of those sequences. It's just like, oh God, these guys, like with that really great chemistry. Uh, so what about you, Jesse? Yeah. Um, so don't get me wrong. This is the second best match on the card. That's the thing. Very, like, I, very I cannot easily. stress um, enough. That we're all saying that this match is great and everyone should watch it. Yeah. Like, it's easy for that to get lost, mm-hmm. but that is, like, the thesis statement at the top. But this is Rob's first title defense, and this might sound really? weird. This felt like a 
Okay, yeah, this is Rob's first weeks. out of defense. I forgot yeah, this only two weeks, weeks yeah. after. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's his first out of defense. It's in the middle of the card. This, yeah. this feels like a John Cena match. Where Ooh, he takes that's... a lot of offense. It and... feels okay. grounded for okay, Rob. Yeah. It's not highlighting Rob. It's highlighting Edge, which is cool. Edge losing with the highlighting stuff that's good. But there's no frog splash. There's there no is. like he hits the frog splash is? to win. Yeah. After oh, edge. oh no, at the very. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, let me let me take that back. Gotcha. Uh, um, I, I, that's not why he won. I guess is what I'm uh, trying to say because it was the him getting hit instead, was, which is a, yeah. a Cena thing. It's it was an unnecessary thing to get the the face yeah. to win because they can win on their own volition and you that's know they can. Point. But the they shields fuckingery overkilled him. Yeah, they shouldn't have um, had him spear the chair. They should have just had him yeah, lose yeah, yeah. with the frog that, splash. That was one, unnecessary. Two, three. Yeah, yeah. Or, or at least let Rob be the cause of why he speared the chair. Him getting yes. out of the way to me isn't the cause. It was Lita still part on his team, you know, yeah. fucking up. It, But it just, I don't know. I remember near the end, right when he got the belt and he got kicked in the face and stuff. And then it, it really was, I think, the spear into the chair thing. I was like, man, this feels like a Cena match. This feels, I can see that. Just too grounded for Rob. It's not a Rob highlight match. It's an Edge highlight match, and that's fine. But yeah. I feel like they could have done both because they're those guys. They're the because I know Edge isn't a high flyer, but we've seen what he's done in ladder matches and all those things. Oh yeah. And I think Edge has been used to in the last several months, maybe the last year since he's been back and all that. With like Matt Hardy, who's more of the grounded guys, and then his stuff with Flair, and then his stuff with Foley. This is a different edge. This is a grounded edge. And this and Rob is the first guy that's not like the last five guys he's wrestled for twelve months. Yeah. And he hasn't been you and he hasn't been able to switch that up yet. And so this just felt like the wrong gear for Edge and the wrong highlight spot for Rob. Yeah. But I even okay. even when they're both handicapped, like even you know, even though both handicapped in my mind for that, this is still a really good still match. Great. I think yeah, I think at the end of the day, this his first title defense shouldn't have been Edge. Because they were still high on Edge, so they didn't want him to take that no, clean I, one, two, three. Sure. I don't think it should have been Edge. Yeah. Like, like I don't I, I think I this know. should have been dirtier and, and faster for an edge match. It should have yeah. been an, an, an older, an icy title edge match. Yeah. When edge but was yeah, going like, for the icy title, it should have been like that instead, but they weren't ready to have him change that gears. Cause they probably yeah. weren't going to keep Rob with that title long. Honestly should have been Orton. That'd have been like nice. in That'd a vacuum. Like you don't want Orton coming off of a losing feud with Kurt Angle to immediately be put in a world title match for him to lose. But mm. just like that I, level of heel, that kind of like upper mid card yeah. heel, that's who he should have wrestled. Mm. I think other than Edge, because uh, then you could have had Edge wrestle somebody that mattered. You could have had, I don't know, like, but again, that's kind of de- deconstructing the whole card, because at that point, it's just like, let's just we just need to throw the main event out, start over. Uh, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, I see what you mean. But it is, but again, still fantastic match. Uh, yeah, e- even with both guys handicapped in my head of what yeah. I know they can do, it's still a very still good match. Um, we go to the back to see ECW wrestlers celebrating with Heyman, and they talk about uh, Cena's extreme lumberjack match coming up with uh, with uh, with Sabu, and oh my god, yeah. it's time for Kane versus Festus. Biscuits <laughs> Oh, need more fat into slow commercial. K 
Kane versus Imposter Kane. Oh my yeah. god. Oh Yeah. Credit where it's due. Luke Gallows is really good at nailing the nineties Kane. Off. He's so good at nailing like the nineties Kane mannerisms. Yeah, it's he's so weird. Really good at it. Yep. He that he's probably one of the most underrated giants. Oh, absolutely. Like, cause he's fucking six four and don't get and they never gave a shit about him. Don't don't tell Vince I'm Festus. I need this job. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Lawler posits that since Kane says said he knows who it is under the mask, why won't Kane tell everyone that? And Jerry, it's because this is a poorly written storyline. Uh, <laughs> God, it, that yeah, that was a good moment. I'm <laughs> just like Jerry. You want to know how bad this is? This doesn't make it to SummerSlam for like, good reason, is, sure. Isn't but it like, like the next day on Raw, it's done. Like he he throws imposter Kane out the back door and that's it. It's like the next Very night quickly, on raw. Yeah. I don't know if it's the next uh, night or not. I'll, like he, I'll look for it. He unmasks it him, like throws that. him out the door. But you don't see his face. You see the back of his head. He throws him out the door and that's it. Right. Uh, yeah. It's abrupt and bad. Yes. Um, I know that this match was put on the card after a big match. So it's inherently a cooldown. but God, the crowd is definitely silent for so much of this match. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, Festus is in control well, I mean, for a while. Yeah. To be, to be fair, it's like, did they think, hey, we did what did this with Taker. Let's do it with his brother. Like, honestly, oh, yeah. Like, this is like SummerSlam But it's 94. also for see no evil. Yeah. It's literally yeah, for see no evil. It's, it's see no evil. I don't know why Imposter Kane mattered for Cena. I don't know. It was like, just, why? It was just a thing. It yeah. was just, we don't have anything. Let's do this thing. We, we're done with Kane and Big Show. We need to do something with Kane that's not just another feud. It's Imposter a horror Kane story is at element. Least different. Yeah, it's kind of like a horror story thing. That's all um, it is. It has no actual tie-in. It just has the same spooky yep. feeling. Uh, yeah. There's a boring chant as Lawler says, this isn't how I thought this match would go. I thought Kane was going to come <clears> here and rip this guy's head off. And yeah, that's right, Lawler. You're better than the agent who programmed this match, apparently. That is exactly how this <laughs> match should have gone. Uh, Kane takes control, hitting Festus with a pretty cool-looking, like, running, leaping DDT. Uh, hey guys, if they decided to both share the same identity, would that make Festus a cocaine? Uh, okay. That was what I was thinking about watching this match, which tells you a lot about this match. Um, yeah. Festus catches Kane after he comes off the top rope and hits him with a pretty bad choke slam that Kane did not leap for. And he gets the three and the win in seven minutes. And the announcers act like the crowd's silence is shock and not pure apathy. Ugh. And that's it. That's yeah. the end of this feud. Out the door. We're done. Yep. Uh, does anyone and you're have right, by the way. It is, it is the next night, so yeah. fuck him. Does anyone have anything to add to Kane v. Festus 06? The only thing that I really enjoyed with it was the crazy, like, it was like the suplex off the top rope, but turned into like a 180 splash kind of weird yeah. thing that Kane did. Like, I'm like, yeah. okay, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And then there was a, there was a Canaanite sign in the background. Oh, it's pretty good. During that. I'm like, that's okay, that's a good, good cut. I, I pop for that. That's, good job. Yeah, that's a, that's a deep cut. I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, one time I was going to Raising Cane's chicken place. Uh, it was a, it was like a late night. I was really tired. I've been working all day. That's when I was on the Gulf Fuck Coast. I now. Right. Mm -hmm. And I pulled up to it and I was just like, Hey, can I get the, what is it? This, the Canaanite combo? Like what? The big one, the Caniac? Yeah. Canaanite's what I said. 
I can't believe you outed yourself like that. Good right. job. Listen, I was very hungry and very tired. Uh, <laughs> the Listen to me, not you. <laughs> the Cena Sabu 2006 rivalry is so weird and so forgotten, it feels like a fever dream. Uh, this match is, is weird. a fever dream. Yeah. This match uh, is a fever dream. This is an Extreme Rules Lumberjack match. One of the ECW Lumberjacks was a guy named Roadkill who was dressed like an Amish person. And I was like... Yeah, oh, okay, was... thank you, because I was yeah. going to ask who the fucking Amish uh, guy okay. was. Thank you, yeah. God, Adam. Yeah. Thank you so much, because okay. I watched that fucking match. Not only I just that, didn't understand. I was like, oh, is this some WWE CW creation? And the answer to that is no. He was in ECW from 1996 until it closed in 2001. He is an ECW so who original. Who is it again? Roadkill. What the he, fuck? Like, I'm just he, looking at this. I'm yeah. like, who the Why fuck was he is Amish? Because he's from that area of Pennsylvania, oh, and all right. they, he they he like wore his like he he, he was billed from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which has a high arm, Amish population, and even W even 90s ECW wasn't you know uh, immune to terrible gimmicks. Uh, wow. But yeah, he was in ECW till '01. And then he came back in like 2005 to 2008, and then uh, uh, he got released in February of 08, and he retired from wrestling, uh, except for one match in 012. In 012, in 2012, that was it. Uh, so yeah, uh, the ECW Lumberjacks are out first, followed by Sadu- Sabu, followed by Raw Lumberjacks, followed by Cena. Um, so real out. quick, real quick yes. before. You might have been doing the same shout out. Shout out to Union Underground's oh, no. Raw theme because oh yes, uh, of course, best it's, one ever. It's good. Best. It's so good. Uh, no, uh, so uh, you know the WWE Network they have little pips to indicate the matches, like uh-huh. beginning of this match, end of this match. According to the WWE Network, this is John Cena versus the Sandman in a, in a lumberjack match. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, are they not allowed to say Sabu, or they do are. they just fuck that up? They just mess that up. Because, like, wow. if they weren't allowed to, it would be like Benoit, where it would say, like, John Cena in singles action. Uh, yeah. Those are how the Benoit matches are labeled. Yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, the Raw and ECW Lumberjacks jaw jack as Cena enters the ring. Sabu attacks Cena, and here we go. Uh, I love Sabu, Sabu's theme, by the way. It's a good theme. It's fun. <laughs> Sabu dumps Cena to the outside. ECW guys batter him for a few moments before they throw him back in the ring. Then Sabu dumps him outside again, and Sandman hits him with a kendo stick. I guess that was John Cena versus the Sandman in a lumberjack match, technically. Uh, mm. uh, Sabu gets the shit in early, using the chair to do the triple jump springboard moonsault uh, that he somehow didn't botch. Like, that's the thing. You think of Sabu being this, like, crazy, like, using chairs and jumping off ropes and stuff like that, but, like, he botched that, like, 70% of the time. You just only mm-hmm. see, you only remember the ones that were successful. Uh, yeah. No, you remember the bad ones too, but he's so yeah. fucking crazy and brutal that, you know, at least to me when I watched him, I just assumed that was the style. <laughs> I'm not joking. As, as was like, the style at the time. That's fair. Yeah, that's yes. fair. Uh, <laughs> Arabian bot style, as they call yes. it. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, uh, Sabu, like, I, Sabu's fine at what he does, but, like, I've never, mm-hmm. I never once thought, like, Sabu should, in 2006, should ever be in a feud with, like, John Cena. I like I think they Sabu, were really high on him. They or were, wanted to be. I, I, they I, wanted to be right until December. It didn't work. Uh, nope. um, nobody was high anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because December was December. December where he was in the main event of I know. the he 
he was in the thing. They didn't remove him from that because of the drugs, I don't think. I think it was either he was hurt or just not over. And so no, that sure. is why I they mean, pulled him out just, of the match. But yeah, the, the drugs I, I mean, in general, nobody was high as in December, December happened. And so oh, I thought you were talking about him and RVD getting popped for reefer. No, no sorry. My it went. I didn't listen, do it well. I listen, uh, I understand. To quote and, Heyman, December December is when there was no hope for the WWE ECW to be good ever again at all. Yep. Yeah, because that was the last night he worked there. Yep. Um, that's not what he said why it happened, but that's pretty much probably why yep. it happened. Uh, Sabu gets him in a camel clutch rest hold. Cena fights out. Sabu hits him in the junk. Uh, oh, God. Sabu is in control for pretty much this entire match, so you know what that means. Yeah. Uh, Cena <laughs> dodges a Sabu attack and calls for the five-knuckle shuffle, but he gets distracted by the Lumberjacks fighting. So Cena goes out and just gives Stevie Richards an AA into the crowd because, like, uh, I don't know, when in Rome. It didn't. There was no reason for him to do it. It he just did. Uh, You're not Sabu, blue meanie. <laughs> Sabu takes back over, taking <laughs> Cena out with a chair. I'm glad that was funnier than it should have been. That's pretty good. That was good. That was um, good. Thank you. Uh, Tommy Dreamer and Sandman get Cena onto a table, but the raw lumberjacks take them out. Uh, and Cena takes out Sabu. Cena gets Sabu up for the AA. And dumps Sabu, not through the table. He kind of grazes the end oh, of the he, table with Sabu. His ass he hit that broke all that the wrong ways. Yep. It was rough. Um, My favorite Arabian part of that bot enti- style, guys. I told yeah. you. My favorite part of that entire sequence was the photographers like standing next, yes. to, the, next to the table. Just like, yeah, this is a safe spot in a wrestling match. Oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> and then a massive you fucked up chant. Yep. Oh, uh, and because that wasn't enough just to pin him after that, Cena locks in the FTF, Sabu taps, and all Cena wins in 6 minutes and 38 seconds. Uh, <laughs> that this, uh, this match feels like they had allotted it more time and something went wrong. There's no way they programmed this show with this match being one of the two main event matches going 6 minutes. Yeah, it, I'm it's pretty weird. sure the video package with the theme song was as long as the match. Yeah, like, yeah, like there's no way that like either the IC title match or the WWE title match went long. Well, they had to. Um, I'm not I'd saying say that it was going to be like WWE a 15, title match. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be like a 15 minute long match. Maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, that's like yeah. It was but weird. Yeah, it was. It was fine. Sabu was Sabu. Cena won. John Cena was John Cena. Yeah, like this match is you could imagine this match and it is exactly what you think it is. Um what you got anything else to say, noobs? Anything to add? Cena winning via submission is always the weirdest thing to I me. I don't like it. It I just don't like it. Yeah. Also, did he did Cena actually get a legit black eye from Sandman's Kendo it, shot? It, well, he got it from something because he yeah. did not have that black eye when he walked out. It looked like it was like, ooh, ow, yeah. ow. Uh, this is not relevant at all, but I just got a text message that said, the Dolphins waived defensive tackle Ken Norton, who lost his car in a recent car accident, and I don't think he can wave back. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's whatever. Cena goes to the back and gets in RVD's face. RVD just goes, Eddie's soldier, which made me chuckle. Uh, yeah, that was like... Yeah. <laughs> RVD challenges Cena to a WWE Championship match the next night on Raw. Uh, Jesse, off the top of your head, do you know how that match went? Because I, I don't. I'm curious if you know. 
Wait, what? The RVD the, John the, Cena match on the Raw the next day. Do you happen to know anything I did about not, it? Not. I I was actually gonna watch the title match. Uh, after, okay. but I might watch that match too, and I'll give you a rundown. Yeah, because I did watch uh, the, the RVD saga. Yeah, I did watch we the go into SummerSlam just to yeah. know why or what how it went. Yeah. Since he I couldn't be the, there, I uh, watched the July third match where he lost the title, but I didn't watch. Yeah, the three way. Okay. Yeah, um, it's time. I'm for the sure main it's event. Interrupt, sure it's interrupted. Oh, it's by, gotta uh, be probably Edge. Edge yeah. Uh, except for the main event, no, the WWE Championship is the main event. No, the World Heavyweight Championship isn't here, even though it's a SmackDown title. No, the main event is D-Generation X versus the Spirit Squad. There was an episode of Raw where the Spirit Squad beat down HBK. Vince, C- Tri- Vince sent Triple H out to help, and Triple H beat down the Spirit Squad and said, So, after the Spirit Squad beat down Triple H, uh, afterwards, the Spirit Squad came after Triple H beat him down. HBK makes the save. <coughs> there were ch- crotch chops aplenty and jokes about how Vince loves cocks. Blah, blah, blah. Degeneration X. How? Break it down. Yeah. God, I wish. How did they ever expect the Spirit Squad to get over? And how did they end up in a pay-per-view main event against one of the biggest and best teams of all time? Yeah, I don't know. I just... I made a note where it's like during one of the packages when they were, or during the packages when they were showing it, like, HBK took a bump where the Spirit Squad threw him into the air yeah. into a table. Yeah, that was yeah. a pretty cool visual. Yeah, that I was, was just like, uh, oh wow. Wasn't that back? That was at Backlash. Yeah, that was Backlash. Yeah. It was the, at the end of the God match. And it's oh, a great that's spot. right. That's right. That's right. But yeah, that's where that's we right. talked about the ultimate killer finisher was the Spirit Squad move. Yes, they but let yeah, you die. you're right. But, and it wasn't this the wasn't this the same buildup where like Vince was trying to get Triple H to kiss his ass. And like Probably. Triple H had to, I remember Triple H specifically saying you can shove it up your ashel. Yeah. Because like I just can't remember where it was, but this has to be about that line. Yeah. About that uh, timeline. Yeah, it's ugh. um But yeah, like the Spirit Squad, like a, a bunch of male cheerleaders, nothing wrong with male cheerleaders, but like that's a mid card gimmick. How did they end up in the main event? Vince no. really because Vince really is a liked part of how it. much. Well, I think Vince really liked how much people hated it and thought that yeah. made them over. Because you know, I don't want to put him in the same spot, but this reminds me of how a lot of people treat Corbin right now. Yeah, like like the way people are perceiving Baron Corbin is yep. how the Spirit Squad was received. Except yep. Corbin actually can do shit, and Corbin yeah, is actually like, really good at what good, he does. Yeah, he's a good yeah. wrestler who's good at having that but, personality. But Spirit Squad is five nobodies, but because there's five instead of two, yep. Vince likes that. See, that's what's really crazy to me. Vince hates tag teams, but he loves factions. Yep. Oh yeah, back in, like, was it 96? 97? Faction Warfare? Yep. It was 97. Mm-hmm. It was summer, it was, a. Uh, uh, I think it was Survivor Series 97 was Faction Warfare with like Los Bariquas and the Disciples of Apocalypse and the Nation of Domination. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So Mitch starts the match against HBK. Uh, oh, real quick, yes. real quick. We didn't we didn't do the intros, but I just remember <clears throat> one of my good friends back in the day while we were watching. He swore up and down that Rage Against the Machine did DX's theme. Uh, mm-hmm. and never uh, yep. believed it never believed it until Wrestlemania 14 when they yes. came out and did the, the national anthem the DX band oh it just oof 
uh, Naya, that is, that was one of those moments where I'm just like, you see, you see this bullshit? You see this bullshit? <laughs> Why the fuck would Rage be in a yep. DX theme? <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I always thought that the guys who do the DX theme are also the guys who do No Chance in Hell. It sounds very similar to me. But I mean, they I probably no are. Like, it's all just Jim yeah. Johnson, guys. Like, it's an actual uh, that's band. That's fair. But it... <laughs> But but distinctly like voice flies and yeah. the concept of rapping, which I think is interesting. Yeah, and it would be those two songs. Like yeah, it's a very a good strange paradigm. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> probably the best example of where this match goes is HBK ends up in the corner with the rest of the Spirit Squad, and they all attack him, but he fights out of it because why wouldn't a man who's almost forty be able to fight off five guys in their twenties? Yeah, he's HBK because he's got that boot. <laughs> Anyway, DX get to get together and clear the ring, and the Spirit Squad regroup. Uh, and Johnny from the Spirit Squad has a incredibly bloody nose. Jesus Christ! Yeah, just immediate fucked his face up. Yep. Uh, he tags in, gets a martial arts headband out of his singlet, and does some very exaggerated like karate movements. And like this was I actually thought this was pretty funny. He's like doing these karate movements, and HBK is just like looking around and just like walks to the corner and tags in Triple H. Like you can deal with this. I, yeah, I thought that, that was, was pretty so funny. Um, my favorite uh, thing is no recognizing at this point. It's like oh, all their names are on their backs because the announcers need to know who they're yep. calling. But also because King still doesn't get them right. Yep, <laughs> he doesn't yep. get them right at all. Uh. Oh. Like, Triple H tags in. Johnny continues to, like, Liu Kang around the ring. Um, <laughs> and Triple H just, like, punches him a couple times and just beats him up. Uh, Johnny staggers around the ring and Triple H pants him. But Johnny manages to get into his corner and tag in Mikey, who Triple H batters around the outside. Uh, oh, hey, it took a while, but Ziggler finally tags in eventually. So, I don't, like, I'm not against this match in theory. I think it's a fine, weird comedy match for these two guys who are teaming up again. But there is no excuse for this to be the main event. In no universe nope. should this match be the main event. I just kept thinking that during this match. It's like, oh, there's some entertaining spots. Like, you know, they're kind of burying these guys, but whatever. But this is the main event. This should be, like, the like the second match on the card. Yeah. Uh... They had a trampoline set next to the ring, and Mikey used it to jump into the ring and deliver a sloppy bulldog to HBK. And then Triple H just gets it and just, like, uh, throws it away like a petulant child, which was pretty funny. Um, mm -hmm. Spirit Squad cut the ring in half and batter HBK. Starts to get a comeback, taking out himself and Kenny. But the ref gets distracted, and one of the squad members takes out HBK. Ziggler gets HBK in the corner and just beat, punches him while yelling, I did this to you, punch. I did this. Like, what are you saying? All HBK, right. Yeah, HBK hits a double DDT, and it's time for the hot tag. Triple H gets in the ring and runs wild, taking out all the members of the Spirit Squad. Uh, the Spirit Squad used the trampoline on the outside to take out HBK, but HBK moves, and they just take out themselves. Kenny gets in the ring and is trapped between Triple H and HBK. Triple H hits a pedigree on Kenny. HBK hits a sweet chin music on I Ziggler, maybe. I don't know. And they get the pin <laughs> and the win in 1745. And just in case the Spirit Squad had any momentum left, DX took out the rest of them after the match was over. They clear the ring of all but Mitch. Triple H pulls his trunks down and they make Mitch join the Kiss Triple H's ass club. Just really to put the stamp on it. 
We end the show with DX celebrating in the ring as Vince walks out to congratulate them. He yeah, doesn't like even match. congratulate him. He says, like, he's like, I'll see you tomorrow night he without does, a microphone. No, he does say congratulations. You hear him say, like, the mic, the camera mic picks up him saying congratulations, and then I'll see you tomorrow yeah. night. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just like, okay. again, totally, this match is whatever. This is like a two-star match that's a weird, gaga, entertaining, funny thing that should have been in the spot that the world title match was in. If you flip those two matches, I think this is a better pay-per-view. For sure. But they don't... <sighs> what do you have to say, Jesse? Um, I don't know, man. It's a weird match. 17 minutes long. Still didn't... Only by a couple seconds, it's not the long... Yeah, like, I, I, 10 I seconds, mean, it's, 10 it's seconds. not the longest match on card, check. which is... <sighs> kind of annoying because we can't even make the longest match on cars yep. triple h match joke so fuck this match it's useless <laughs> no yep. um whose face did they murder was it mitch or johnny. johnny or johnny? johnny okay cool um i don't know i liked watching triple h and Shawn michaels because in hindsight you can enjoy it a little bit or that way in the context of none of these guys matter except i guess soft whatever yep. but I don't but know. like it's, it's the fact that in hindsight the reason they don't matter is because of this match <laughs> well like, they keep the titles all the way to cyber sunday and that is who i was actually thinking of um they you want to talk about dead on arrival after that or career and they lose it to rick flair and um uh roddy piper they lose their titles oof. rick flair and roddy piper at cyber sunday and then those guys lose their titles to rated RKO seven days later. Oof. Yep. Oof. And isn't it after that tag match, like DX puts them in a box that has OVW it stamped says, on it? Yeah, they, yep. they throw a sticker on it that says like deliver to Ohio Valley Wrestling. Yep. Which is kind of cool. That's funny, but dear God, that is like you're yeah. not coming I back. I need a from list. That. Yeah, because yeah, most of. Th- Man, most careers killed are just a single one joke from Triple H. A lot of yeah. them. It's kind of insane. Yep. Golden uh, Shovel Man. And, and yeah, just like this this whole run of DX, it's like, it's not as bad as their like 09 run, like that era, because that was like a shameless merch run with them and Hornswoggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. This is still just like... This is fine. It's very much like business is down. We need to do something. This is a 20,000 mm-hmm. seat arena with 7,000 people in it. Like, we need to do something to kind of boost things up. And I think DX is, like, if you're a businessman, it's a smart thing to do. Because the crowd, they were over. The crowd mm-hmm. was hot for them. Yeah. They loved it. Yeah. But, like, in retrospect, just like, I don't know, a lot of DX stuff doesn't hold up super well. Uh, it doesn't and just like yeah I don't know like this match in a vacuum is fine but it being the main event with five young wrestlers who are new and still rising and like I, it's it's no coincidence that only one of them made it out to a somewhat and, successful and, career and even then he had to be brutally repackaged to where yeah. you didn't even recognize him yeah like they don't like they didn't although one of my favorite like we like to talk about how the 2016 SmackDown after the brand split was some of the best WWE has been in like a decade. Um, and in that period, Miz was feuding with Dolph Ziggler for the IC title. And Miz brought back fucking Kenny Dykstra. And I think Johnny 
Yeah. Or no, it was actually. Mikey. He brought back Kenny Dykstra and Mikey, and they like they tormented Ziggler for a while, and then went on to wrestle a little bit more. Like they wrestled on some house shows and wrestled Heath Slater and Rhino in a tag title match, just as the Spirit Squad, and then they were gone by November. Wow, um, it's the well, weirdest something thing. to do, I guess. I remember they had like the initial like SmackDown tag team title tournament that was won by Slater and Rhino. One of the teams in the first round of that was the Headbangers. They wrestled one yeah. match on SmackDown in 2016, and I don't think they did anything else. It was that one. It was so weird. Uh, but yeah, what do you have to say about this match, noobs, and just kind of the show as a whole? Let's just kind of start to wrap things up a bit. I mean, the match-wise, all, all I'm thinking is, I wonder if Arn Anderson has ever spine-bustered Triple H. Oh, God. Like, it would pass too... the spine-buster down to the, to the next man, because when you think about it, both those two are the top two for spine-busters. Right. Yep. It's just like, ooh. Robert Roode's right behind him, I think. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah I those can see three. that. And um, one... Dash Wilder, I think, from the revival has a mean no, spine buster. Yeah. But he's basically that's just two Arn Andersons. So yes. yeah. they do. <laughs> like literally like even like <laughs> like facial hair wise, yep. they're two Arn Andersons. There was an funny. episode of Ride Along where it was the revival, and I don't remember the other car, but the people in the other car were like, Oh man, the revival are probably over there talking about Arn Anderson matches, and it cuts to them and like Dash Wilder's just like oh, and there's this one match with Arn. Where it was, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good episode of Ride Along. Because yeah, like they wear kind of ways I can think of ever. They, That's so good. they wear it on their sleeve that they love Arn Anderson. But yeah, like I think if Arn Anderson like uh, did a spinebuster to Triple H or vice versa, that would just be like it would just cause like a singularity, and the world would be engulfed in a black hole. Yeah, absolutely. It's like matter meeting um, antimatter. But no, like I. I think it says a lot about this pay-per-view when they fucking are booking a raw match during the pay-per-view for the next night. Like, yep. It says a lot that they just don't really care. Yep. There were some great matches like that triple threat for the IC title. Mick Foley and Ric Flair, just regardless of how old they are in this, that was fun and entertaining. Yeah. We, if the, we had that cool paradox moment from Maria, which is just great. Such a perfect. good promo. That and was, then, that was yeah. worth a lot. And yeah, like, yeah, that was the the scene in Sabu. Yeah, yeah. RVD and Edge was great in my yep. eyes. It's just, oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 a fifty fifty pay per view for me. Like, there's some great stuff, and then there's just some like, yeah. oh god. I feel like you look at this pay per view on paper, and you think it's gonna be a disaster. Like, you see Orton Angle again, Umaga Eugene, Ric Flair, and Mick Foley in a two out of three falls match. Like, okay, the triple threat seems okay. Uh, WWE Championship match seems okay. Imposter Kane and Kane, John Cena, Sabu, DX, and the Spirit Squad. It This this show looks like a disaster. And then you watch it, and you're like, oh, that was like a solid like seven out of ten. Like, it's a perfectly entertaining show. Mm-hmm. Uh, with like, and even it's its downs aren't as bad as a lot of other shows we've watched. Like even the worst match on that, like Kane versus Festus still wasn't terrible. It wasn't. So kind of my barometer for watching stuff for the show has become how easy or difficult is it for me to get through a 10 minute match because of uh, uh, black machismo versus Sanjay Dutt in the tuxedo chain match. 
Yeah. Because that match was almost exactly 10 minutes, and it felt like an hour. And so I, I remember watching, like, the Ric Flair and McFoley, and like, oh, that was, like, that was an easy watch. And, and even the long matches on this show weren't a, like, a you weren't having to, like, tread your way through them. It was still not bad. Uh, for like 06 WWE, you think that there's some pretty pretty low lows, but it was fine. Uh, what do you think about the show as a whole, Jesse? Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. Um, hmm, there there was. I don't. I don't know why I'm so lost. I just it it was okay. Yeah, uh, I loved. I loved the IC match. That's about the only match like I loved. The the last half is really really dull. Um, yeah, King Pots is terrible. It's a bit of uh, a Sabu chore once you get past the really WWE championship match. Yeah, I know because that should have been the main event. Um, You're right. No matter what I felt about it, uh, hmm, I don't know. It was. I think I'm just really excited for SummerSlam. I hope SummerSlam holds up more than. Yeah, I don't think I've ever watched a minute of SummerSlam '06. Yeah, I'm excited because that was the one. That was the first pay per view I watched. So that's the, oh yeah, this is yeah, like so. your SummerSlam 2013 for me. I started watching. Yeah, I started watching like a two weeks after this show, maybe or no, no, oh, no, man. not Vengeance. Um, what was it? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like two weeks before SummerSlam. Two weeks okay. before SummerSlam. Not so two you weeks. started watching like right wow. when the title. Yes. Yeah. So Edge was champion. Um, I remember. John Cena versus uh, Viscera, oh, and God. he f and he uh, fu'd Viscera, and they were like, "Oh God, such big deal," um, stuff like that. Uh, Johnny Nitro was champion already, that kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, I was in fat. I was fascinated with Umaga. I was like, "This is wrestling." Okay, I get it. Because <laughs> like, because I didn't, because yeah. I didn't understand gimmicks. Like, I didn't know what gimmicks were for wrestling. So when you see Umaga, which is no yeah. matter how problematic, it is a wrestling gimmick. Oh That's, yeah, something like that sold me on. It's like, oh, this is this is an anime bad guy. I get it. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not like I'm not sour. Like I'm not mad at this pay per view, but it's like it's a it's a stop on a longer trip yeah. for you. Oh, absolutely. A very yeah. long trip because this is yeah. when they're doing one a month. So yeah. after this, it's like 10 weeks to SummerSlam. And what's really crazy, and I wanted to check because I had forgot, there are seven matches on the, the actual SummerSlam card, and four of them are Raw matches. Two of them are SmackDown, and one of them is ECW. Interesting. Yeah, okay. it is huh. raw heavy, so that yeah. also adds it's, to us, which, like with our yeah. story, which is good. Oh yeah, because we're following um, raw. Yeah, yeah, that makes um, sense. And just like kind of where they were at the time, they were, yeah. you know, the, they were a and raw company. Yes, this is a very solid card too. I think. So. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It seems all right. Yeah. All right, yeah, because I, I I watched the July third episode where where uh or I watched the match on that show where RVD wins the title and I skipped yeah. like right before the match and it's just Randy Orton out there talk cutting a promo on how hot newly eighteen year old Brooke Hogan is and I'm like oh oh that's how it starts got it okay uh yeah I think this uh, is at the peak yeah. of Hogan knows best as well oh had to have been had to have been. 
Now I'm curious. Hogan Knows Best yeah. was 2000, July 2005 to October 2007. So yep, there right you there. go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess uh, he just had SummerSlam deals because, you know, it was SummerSlam 05 he was there. and Yep. Yeah, he was just working the big shows because uh, he, he wrestled it. He wrestled, this was Vince at Mania this year, right? Uh, no, that was... Over. No, that was HBK versus... Yeah, he didn't wrestle at Mania. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. I think he uh, wrestled Vince at 05 Mania? 21? No, yeah, I think so. Let me see. WrestleMania 21? Yeah. Uh... No. Huh. When did well, that had to have wrestle? been 23? No, it could have been 23. Was it Was it 19? Yes. yes, Hogan wrestled 19. Vince at 2019. 19. Yeah, that was yeah. 2003. Yeah. Yep. yep, that's right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so we'll be back. He was uh, definitely soon. sporadic. Yes, we will be back soon. Uh, we are glad we get back in the swing of things. Uh, we have been traveling, mm-hmm. and like uh, all three of us are in the same room at the same time, which means obviously we're not recording anything. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, we all <laughs> we went to. Uh, are we waiting drank. for our cars to be entirely rebuilt for some yeah reason. this has been a hell of a journey for you and by a journey i mean city at home wondering when your car is going to be there uh because yeah because yep. like um, we were in texas we have you were like from, oh hey i should be getting my car this week no we have gone from a brand new engine and a brand new part to a brand new engine and five new parts so we'll see i mean hey they're pay you ain't had to pay yes. for it so just keep, yeah, just keep rebuilding so like, that skeleton. Go for so, it. So, like, honestly, basically, you're basically getting a new car. Like, getting a new engine is getting yeah, a new car. Yeah, just old skin. Like, yeah. A new yeah. car! Yeah. Like, exactly. It's going to be great. Pay for it. Shit. Uh, mm-hmm. I somehow managed. So, the week. I can't believe you're Buffalo building your own car. <laughs> oh, um, God. Uh, yeah, what you just have to, you have to, you, you, <laughs> you have to tuck the exhaust pipe. Ow. Yeah. Get Buffalo. You, <laughs> just, just Al. You pull up to your car and it's just sitting there. Would you fuck me? <laughs> I'd fuck I, me. We're done. Oh, Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Thanks, Bryce. Now we're